If you're excited about planning for 2024, you're not going to want to miss this episode of the show. I'm going to be sharing all of the tips that I've learned over the past 10 years when it comes to planning for success. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Wholehearted Business Show. I'm Laura Agar-Wilson and this is the podcast that's dedicated to helping you start and grow a coaching business you love the wholehearted way. Let's get started. Hi there, welcome to the Wholehearted Business Show. I'm Laura. I help health, life and spiritual coaches get more clients so they can generate more income and live their most aligned life. And today on the show, we're talking all about planning. Yes, it is that time of year again when we all start thinking about the next year and thinking about what goals you might have or intentions you might have and how you might want to create a plan to get there. And I think when it comes to business and life as well, it obviously can make a lot of sense to start to think about these things if it feels aligned for you. And I'm going to delve into all of this stuff today. So just a quick heads up, this is kind of part one of two episodes of the show that I'm going to do on planning for 2024. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing all of the different tips and just some things to think about and consider when it comes to creating a plan that really works for you. And I've learned a lot over the last kind of 10 plus years when it comes to planning that I want to share in this episode. And then next week, I'm going to actually give you a full planning session. So the episode of the show will be me taking you through a process of reflection on 2023 and planning for 2024 for your coaching business. There'll be a free downloadable guide that you can get as well, which should be a PDF and also a Google version, which I'm working on at the moment, so that you can fill it right in on Google while you listen to me kind of talking you through it. So I'm really excited to do that episode for next week. But Today, I just wanted to share some general kind of planning tips, some things that have really, really helped me, some methods, some processes, just lots of different things to think about when it comes to planning. And before I jump into this, like planning is not everyone's bag. Some people just find it really restrictive and they don't enjoy the process. I am the complete opposite of that. I absolutely love the whole process of developing goals and intentions and creating a plan to get there. Like I really love it sometimes to the extent where I actually prefer the planning to the implementation, but that's a whole other episode of the show to talk about. So if that is not you, then that's fine to skip these episodes. It's absolutely fine. This is somewhere where it is really about kind of tuning into what feels good to you. So why is having a plan helpful? First of all, I always think about that saying, which is failure to plan is planning to fail. And for me personally, that is very, very true. I think when we have a plan, which is basically what we're doing is we're breaking down where it is that we want to go to and how we're going to get there, like what our plan is to get there. I think it makes achieving the things that we want in our lives, our goals, intentions, so much more likely to happen. And I'll go into the ways that we can hold that plan in different ways. But For me, I think, I always think of my plan a bit like a map towards a destination. And that doesn't mean that I might not detour or take the scenic route, but it means that I have got some way that I have figured out that makes sense to me of how I'm going to get to where I want to go. So I feel really good about my chances of achieving a goal when I have a plan, because to me, that's the the kind of concrete, logical, tangible way that I'm going to do it. And that doesn't mean that we have to do it in a sense that kind of doesn't leave space for anything else, which I'm going to come on to in a second. But for me, that's what I really love about planning. And that's what makes me find plans really, really helpful in my life and business. And then I think with planning, another thing to remember is to have a plan, but hold it lightly. And and what I mean by this is like, if anything that we've learned over the last couple of years, it's that life can throw us some serious curveballs where our plans will literally go out of the window. But I don't think that's a reason not to plan. And I think if anything, it just means that when we have a plan, but we hold it lightly, we don't get super attached to you know, the steps in the plan to the actions in the plan to even necessarily the destination in some ways, 
I think what that does is it invites in the energy of non-attachment, which if you're into all things woo and manifestation, that's a really good energy to sit in. It's like not being super attached to things. And it also leaves a little bit of space for, you know, the universe to come in and work its magic. Because I think when we get so fixated on something going a certain way, like I say, it just blocks all of that from coming through. And sometimes, you know, our plans can go off plan in the most wonderful of ways. And I think having a plan but holding it lightly is the perfect energy to be in. And what I always think of is when I had my daughter, Freya, I planned to have a home birth. So my plan was I was going to have a home birth and I had a plan, but I very much held that lightly because all sorts of things can happen when you're given birth. And as it happened, I didn't have the home birth, but I still had an amazing birth with her. It wasn't the one that was in my plan, but it doesn't mean that I was like massively disappointed. So I had that plan but I always knew it was something that I was non-attached to. And I think if I'd been really attached to having a home birth and then couldn't have one, it might have possibly ruined the birth that I did end up having. So that's what always comes to my mind when I think of of holding a plan lightly in that way is that what you don't want to do is hold it so tightly that any detours or any differences to the plan, because life happens, will leave you feeling like the alternative is not as good as the one that you had planned for. And again, I think you need to leave space for that magic to come through. Something else that I have found hugely helpful when it comes to planning is to understand what your core desired feelings are. So this is a system, a support system method that was coined by Danielle Laporte. And she has a book called The Desire Map. In fact, I should have gotten it out. I've got it up on my bookshelf somewhere. And it is a really wonderful book. I found it really profound. And what she suggests in the desire map is that whenever we want a goal or intention to happen, whenever we want something in our life, actually what we want is the feeling that having that thing creates. So if you want more money, like what is the feeling that having more money is going to give you? Is it safety? Is it abundance? What is underneath that wanting that thing? And this was really transformational for me because what it allowed me to do was to really see, you know, I want all these things in my life and actually understanding that these are the feelings that I actually want to generate by having those things. And therefore, I don't necessarily have to have the things that I think I want to create that feeling because there's lots of different ways to create those core desired feelings. So going through that process of identifying what mine were was just really transformational and has completely shifted how I plan in terms of I'm always thinking, are the things that I'm planning for the goals and aspirations that I have and the intentions that I have are they in some way going to meet one of my core desired feelings so I think I used to have five I've kind of boiled it down to three now which is coziness creativity and connection when I look at the things that are go for in life that I want they all kind of link into something so coziness for me kind of encapsulates like security and that feeling of hygge and spaciousness like it all kind of comes into that word for me creativity is all about how I show up in my business the things that I do the things that I try it's how I decorate my home it's how I dress it's like all of those things and then connection is how I feel when I go and have a wild swim in the sea or when I connect with my friends or my partner so it's just for me those three words really just encapsulate everything that I am ultimately striving for and I think really understanding what those things are for you can be so so helpful because if you are choosing goals 
and intentions that are not actually going to satisfy you and what it is that you want to feel. Like perhaps you're choosing goals and intentions that are more based on what we think we should want to have in life based on what society tells us. Is it successful? We're going to get onto that in a minute. You know, understanding your core desire feelings means that whatever it is that you are planning for is rooted in something that is actually going to leave you feeling satisfied and supported or however it is that you want to feel ultimately which is what we all want and it also means like I say it kind of taps back into that energy of non-attachment because there's lots of different ways to experience your core desire feelings you know there's lots of different specific goals or specific tangible outcomes that you could go after that will generate those core desire feelings I think it also means that there's lots of things that you can probably do right now that are really simple that will generate some of those core desire feelings so it just can be massively useful so if you haven't come across that and you've got the time to do so it's definitely a good read I found it just a great process I think there was one year she brought out like an audio guided version that I found really useful but it's definitely worth digging into and even just thinking about you know looking at the goals and aspirations that you have can you identify any of the feelings that you will feel when you get them and kind of name them so that you can go back to that as you start planning and creating more goals and intentions. And that brings me really nicely on to knowing your version of success. So this is a question that I ask all my clients when they start working with me. It's something that is really foundational to the way that I work because for a lot of us, it's really easy to have our version of success tied up in what we think our success should look like based on what society kind of dictates. And the six and seven figure business is definitely a version of this. You know, it's very much the kind of version of success that a lot of us feel that we should be chasing in entrepreneurship and coaching businesses. But again, going back to the core desire feeling stuff, it's like, do we actually need that? Is that actually what we want? Or are we just absorbing what everyone else thinks we should want? You know, there's again, there's this version of, you know, married, family, children, making lots of money, having a house, a car, like all of those things. But actually, are they the things that you actually want and are they going to make you happy ultimately? I think these are all things that you can explore and really tuning in to what your version of success is, is going to be so, so helpful to, again, creating goals and intentions that you plan for that are actually going to leave you fulfilled. Because I've definitely fallen into the trap in years gone by of creating goals and intentions that I then plan for that were based not actually on things that were really going to make me feel good when I got there. So really understanding how these things connect and I think how your version of success connects to your core desire feelings is a great foundation for any plan that you create because it means that it's going to be embedded in things that actually mean something to you. And then just on to a couple of fun things that you can do as part of your planning process if you find them useful. So the first thing is to have a word or a theme for the year. This is a really popular thing. You know, a lot of people will share what their word or theme for the year is. Mine for 2023 was intentional and I feel like that's been a good word for me for this year. I feel like that's nicely summed up a lot of the things that I've been working on for myself in terms of like my health and wellness and stuff. And it's really just about having a word that you can return to. And I think the lovely thing about having a word or theme for the year is that it's very simple and very focused. And you can have that on a post-it note or create a bit of artwork or stick something on your desktop or whatever that brings you back to that. And I think that can actually be a beautiful thing to come back to um, and just keep you focused in that way. So that can be awesome to have that simplicity behind everything. And again, it can almost be like an extension of your core desired feelings, if you like. It's something that you should find that when you are perhaps making a decision or, you know, going through a tricky patch, it's a word that you can come back to, a theme that you can come back to, to remind you about 
what it is that you're focusing on for this year. So that's another tool that you can use to help you create like a really simple focus that you can come back to and return to as you go through the year. The next thing is one of my favourite, favourite things to do as part of a planning process, and that is to create a vision board. So I have been making vision boards, I think probably since before I even knew what vision boards were, in all honesty. So I feel like I've been doing this for a long time. And obviously, you know, one of my core desired feelings is creativity. This taps into that very, very much. So I love creating a vision board. I'm not going to go into the details of how to create a vision board that works. There's plenty of articles online that you can check out. There's plenty of people who host vision board and workshops, which I think is an amazing idea. What I find is that there's just something a little bit magical about having a vision board. I will sit down and do mine for the year. Usually I will have something in Pinterest and then I will pull some of the images and the quotes off and put them into Canva to make like a desktop for my computer and sometimes a background for my phone. What I've started to notice for me is that my life kind of starts to look a little bit like that. So I'll notice that maybe on my camera roll I'll have a photo of an experience or something that's happened that looks like an image on my vision board. So one of the funny things that happened is I put this image on my vision board and it's like these girls sitting around eating like a meal together and it looks like they're kind of like on a girl's holiday. And and this is one of the things that me and my friends do is we go on these girls' holidays twice a year and they're just wonderful. And I kind of wanted that represented on my vision board. And what I hadn't noticed on the background of that image is that there's snow in the background. And then when I went on the girls' trip in March this year, it was snowing. So we had like, we had all the snow around and I hadn't kind of clicked on. And then when I looked at it, I was like, wow, that's kind of, that's been really well reflected. And there's like lots of other things on mine. And there's some magic in it when you start to create that and then start to see it reflected in the experiences that you have. So I think that's really beautiful. So vision boards can be an awesome tool to support your planning and support you creating a vision for your life and business going forward. And then my next tip is to not be afraid to revisit or to completely change your plan if you need to. This is not about planning in that really kind of stuffy corporate way where you create a business plan or something and then stick it in the drawer. I'm very much about creating plans that incorporate our lives and our businesses together because I think for most of us who are running a coaching business, like these things exist together. And I know this is the whole thing about work-life balance, but I think it's more about a work-life blend. At least that's certainly how it's developed for me. And I feel much better about planning for these things kind of together. And that means that plans are going to change. Like it's not something again, you know, if it's you working mostly by yourself in a coaching business, it's not like this kind of stuffy document with key performance indicators and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it can be if you want to, if that feels good to you. But I think having a plan that is much more fluid and that really will shift and change with whatever it is that you've got going on in your life makes a lot of sense. Like when I look back at the plan that I did at the start of the year, that has changed significantly. Like there's new things that I've created in the business, there's things that I've just completely gotten rid of, the stuff that I haven't even thought about that I was going to really focus on, the stuff that's changed in my life that I was going to do with it, that different things came in. And again, this is part of holding that plan lightly and not having like a an iron grip on it you know, wanting it to go a certain way. It's all about allowing life to happen around it and just tweaking the plan as you go. So you can either tweak the plan as you have it, you know, just go back into it and use it as a living, breathing document. So, you know, you can have a document that you come back to or what I've been doing as I've been sharing on the show recently is I have the six to eight week review process and I kind of create a plan just for those chunks of time that I find really useful. So I think the annual plan for me is really about setting the scene, the bigger goals, the bigger kind of place that I want to get to. And then whenever I do these like mini seasons, I kind of go back to that and 
think, right, okay, so this is what I was looking for for the entire year. How am I up against some of the bigger goals and intentions that I had? You know, what needs to shift and change in order to meet them? Are they still relevant? Because sometimes they're not. So that can be really useful to come back to and just to see it as this living, breathing document and that it's okay if it's going to change. It's okay to revise it. You know, it's okay to throw it out the window and start again. It's absolutely fine. Something else that I have pondered on that has been really useful for me is the concept that you can have it all, but not right now. And that has been really useful for someone who has traditionally stuffed a lot of stuff into the plans and then not achieved even half of it because we always tend to think we can do more that we can do. And I mean, I tend to feel like I'm quite a productive person and can do quite a high volume of stuff. And that's always kind of been like a bit of a a thing for me, like a personality trait almost. But since I've had children, especially and especially more recently, that's not been the case as much. And I reminded myself that it's not that you can't do all these things ever. It's just that you're not going to be able to do them all right now or even in this coming year. So it's a nice reminder that rather than over planning and trying to achieve way more than you can handle and then you feeling that you haven't actually done very much in comparison to what you plan for, actually just t- pull it back. And I think probably what I'm going to do for me is look at whatever I come up with in terms of like goals and aspirations and, you know, just reduce that down by maybe 30% at least. So that it's a lot more doable because I know that I have the tendency to try and do too much or plan to do too much. So kind of pulling that back, that also again comes back to that leaving space for a little bit of magic, leaving space for a little bit of unexpected, you know, detours and scenic routes and things like that. So, you know, my advice for you would be when you come to plan, just like pull it in a little bit. It doesn't mean that you're never going to achieve the things that you perhaps want. You know, you can stick them on a pin board for next year if you want and come back to them in 2025. That's absolutely fine. But it can really make your plan feel less overwhelming, more achievable, a lot lighter, a lot more fun when you just pull it back a little bit and remind yourself that you can have it all, but just not right in 2024 in this case. And then a final reminder is... You do not have to plan right now if you don't want to. I think there's this kind of thing that happens certainly like at the end of December and January where you get people who like totally shit on people who love to plan and then and vice versa. Like you get people have these like little camps and you have people who are like, oh, I would never do like January, you know, planning and resolutions and stuff. And then you've got people who are like all in it. And I think if it's right for you, do it. If it's not, don't. It doesn't have to be a big thing. Like if you enjoy planning at this time of year, like personally, I love it. I love the fresh startness of a new year. I know that winter is probably not actually the best time to be creating and starting new plans because of the energy of the season if you're in the northern hemisphere but for me it still feels really really good to really think about what I want to achieve in my life and business for the coming year if that doesn't feel good to you then don't do it it's fine you don't have to no one's forcing you it's absolutely fine if you prefer to plan in March which is kind of like the astrological new year the start of spring that can feel much much better and in fact it's probably a good idea to review your plans then anyway, depending on how often you would review them. I would hopefully you'd be checking in before then, but at the very least review them in March and see if anything shifted for you because that tends to happen for me. I kind of plan a lot up front and then very quickly in the year, things really, really change. But that, that doesn't stop me from planning because I really enjoy the process. What you might just find is that the inspiration and the flow when it comes to creating your plan just isn't there. And if that's the case, don't force it. Again, it's okay to leave it. You know, it's nothing's going to break if you leave it a few weeks or months. It's absolutely fine. I think this kind of happened to me a little bit last year because when I looked at what I had, there was bits that were kind of incomplete. 
that is from the way that I would usually plan and I think I'm maybe last year forced a little bit whereas this year I'm actually like really excited and already things are bubbling up in my mind and the inspiration and the motivation to plan is there but if it's not there for you then that's absolutely okay you don't have to do it now you can come back to next week's episode and do it in March if you want or whenever it's absolutely fine so final reminder <laughs> this none of this is vibing for you that is totally okay and then one other thing to mention as well if you love the whole concept of planning and getting organized I am going to be participating in a bundle Lizzie's Christmas party I've participated in this like four or five years on the trot now four years I think so Elizabeth Goddard is a former mentor of mine every Christmas she does this huge bundle there's a free version and then there's a paid version and in the paid version of the bundle my soul-centered planning process course is going to be in there so this is one of the first First courses that I created. I'm going to be updating and upgrading a lot of the stuff in there and it's going to be available in that. So if any of this is vibing with you, do look out, make sure that you're on my email list. There'll be a link in the description and you'll be notified when Lizzie's Christmas party bundle all comes out and then you can join that and grab the Soul Center planning process along with lots and lots of other fantastic resources, courses, programs, etc in one of her goodie bags so just to mention that if any of this is kind of vibing with you there's going to be a lot more of this kind of stuff plus a lot of the really practical you know running a business kind of organizational stuff in there as well so I really hope this has been helpful for you please do remember to check out next week's episode like I say there's going to be a downloadable pdf and also a downloadable google doc that you can use to plan alongside me and this is going to be very focused on you and your coaching business and helping you get the results that you want in 2024 so I really hope that's been useful guys I will see you next week take care bye